Yeah, exactly. Like that movie poster is the fucking movie right there. It is the fucking movie, <laughs> dude. It's got it's all it's got all the characters. Dude, dude, wait, let me move. Let me move. It's got it's the got- tank. It's, it's got the helicopter. It's, it's got the helicopter helicopter That's those, it. those are the three characters. Those are the three movie. characters of the whole fucking movie. The helicopters, yeah. That's key. Welcome to Several People Are Typing. I am joined by my co-host, Will. And Adam has joined us as well for a special treat tonight. Uh, we were asked by Will to watch two movies. And... Um, with somewhat of a a, a a combined theme between them. And um, we're going to talk about them now. So, Will, why don't you take it away? Yeah. So so the two movies, um, the, the the start of this was that I noticed Charlie Wilson's War was available on Amazon Prime. <clears throat> and that movie was one that I liked when it came out. Um, hadn't seen it in a while, watched it, and tried to convince everybody else that they should. Um, but then I was thinking, you know, back to our idea a few episodes ago uh, around... <clears throat> um, you know, getting two movies relatively similar in topic. Uh, and this one is ridiculous in that it's, they're both about roughly the same period of time and the same place. So, you know, mid 1980s to late 1980s, Afghanistan with the Soviet um, occupation and invasion and occupation of Afghanistan. Um, but obviously are two wildly different movies in uh, Charlie Wilson's war and Rambo three. Um, I thought I was pretty clever with that uh, and then did a quick search and uh, somebody wrote a book or at least part of a book on this, this thing, um, which was a terrible book because I bought it um, and then read at least the relevant parts of it. Uh, but I think, I think it'll lead to some amusing conversations. Um, so to start this off, kind of want to do a th- everybody do their 30 second plot summary of uh, we'll talk about uh, Charlie Wilson's war first. Jimmy, you want to kick that off? Sure, sure. So, uh, Charlie Wilson's War, um, uh, directed by Aaron Sorkin. Um, I would say somewhat of a love letter to um, uh, American democracy in a weird way, uh, or at least American liberalism. Uh, uh, you know, a senator that you know personally has flaws, but one of those good at heart people gets pulled in by um, a religious person on the right to say, hey, there's some stuff going on in Afghanistan and uh, Russia's there and, you know, Russia, communism, you should go do some stuff. And and Charlie Wilson being this kind of somewhat unknown senator goes around and does a whole bunch of hijinks and ends up funding a proxy war against uh, the Russia uh, presence in Afghanistan, ultimately helping Afghanistan push them back and and Russia leaving and and it's kind of a big happy movie at the end. Uh, very funny, a lot of fun, a lot of great cast. I love the movie overall. Adam, um, I mean, I, I Charlie Wilson's War. What can I say? It was a debauchery and a secret war being waged uh, between uh, Russia and the U.S. through Afghanistan. Uh, it was. Uh, I, I I don't know if I, I don't know if I thought the ending was as happy <laughs> as uh, Jim did, but. Uh, uh, you know, there's, there's that ominous uh, warning, but uh, uh, you know, it was a uh, it was a fun ride. It was something uh, I wasn't familiar with Charlie Wilson beforehand, so it was a good good watch. Cool, yeah. My my take on this is, um, yeah, this is this is Aaron Sorkin um, wanting to take on um, essentially put himself into uh, the the movie in the role of Gust Avocados um, as the wittiest man alive who always is the smartest person in the room 
Um, Tom Hanks as the affable congressman uh, who is very, very flawed. And Julia Roberts as the ultra right-wing crazy Christian. Um, and how the three of them together convinced the United States government to spend a billion dollars fighting the Soviet Union in Afghanistan and the, the hijinks that ensued from there. Um, this is a comedy slash drama, um, but was really well written. Yeah, I, I agree. Aaron Sorkin does have, um, he definitely has like a flair for writing, a lot of quick dialogue, a lot of um, back and forth where the dialogue just keeps like seems to move completely unaware of what's happening in, in, in the scene. It does this really, every time he does these types of things, it's like, a, it's like a, a, you know, it's like a, a thought continues to progress among multiple people, no matter what physically is happening. In the, and the more these are different, the, 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 the more captivating it, it tends to be, you know? Aaron Sorkin as Tyrion Lannister as Gust Avocados. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I totally agree with Will. That, that is probably who Aaron Sorkin wishes he could just be all the time. Um, I mean, he clearly wrote it, so so he clearly, um, you know, that you're right. That that does feel like his standing character. Uh, but it was a fun, it was a fun movie. Um, you know, a bit a bit reductive, and but that's fine. I mean, I, I wasn't going there to learn a history lesson, right? Um, but it 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 did. It was a it was a good movie. I I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I think that kind of raises a good point is that this does, you know, while it's still fixed. I lost you. Okay. Sorry. That might Can have been you me. hear me now? Yeah, sorry. Cool. Yeah, so so while it's obviously fiction and, you know, it's a movie, um, I think it does bring to light a part of history that a lot of people aren't familiar with, right? And yeah, it exaggerates these people's role in this history, um, but it is a good medium um, in which to tell, uh, you know, or at least to inform people about what happened um, without too much of an agenda, it seemed. Um, but I, so like going back to Sorkin real quick, uh, I didn't know that Aaron Sorkin wrote this when I first saw it. And I watched it with Megan uh, last night, again, just uh, in prep for this. And like 10 minutes into the movie, she's like, how, how do you not fucking know this was an Aaron Sorkin movie? Like, this is obviously an Aaron Sorkin like. Like it's, it's exactly him. Like everything about it, the dialogue, all the walk and talks, like everything is, is Sorkin. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I love most of the stuff he's done. Um, obviously I watch West Wing like at least once a year as like through the whole series. Um, a Few Good Men was amazing. Newsroom was amazing. Um, Sports Night was amazing. So it's like all, all of his stuff is, is always kind of that tier of at least dialogue. Um, in, in writing. But this, I think, had a lot of really good substance as well, um, just on what the story was. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I've actually seen anything else from uh, Aaron Sorkin. Uh, none of the things you just mentioned, but the dialogue was was excellent. I thought uh, it was it was quite enjoyable. Uh, a bunch of, bunch of witty characters throwing it back and forth. Right. Um, Social Network, did you see that? I did not. I should. Yeah, Social Network um, and A Few Good Men are, are top tier. Um, and, and West Wing is just a comfort blanket for democracy. He really does love uh, American democracy. Um, oh, this American movie... president. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's definitely him. Yeah. I'm sorry, I confused the American president with literally the show The West Wing. Like, to me, those are just interchangeable. The American president came out at around the same time, I think, as Dave and those two movies. Like, because I could not was, be. I, I was young when I saw them. And, yeah. like, those two movies in my mind are forever confused. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like not about <laughs> they're, they're polar opposite approaches to yeah. uh to um 
our government. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one is about sneaking a body double in place of the president. <laughs> like, so, um, what genre do you think this movie was? Um, I mean, go ahead, Jim. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, you got to go. I mean, I, I think I saw somewhere it, it label labeled as a comedy. And while I could see that argument being made, I mean, it felt it leaned more drama to me. Um, I mean, it had, you know, it's witty banter uh, that, you know, may added some levity, but I don't know. I, I felt like I would personally label it a drama, political drama, I guess. Something like that. Um, maybe I would call it a political comedy. Um, I guess politics, if you're gonna, like, if I, if I were to call it drama, I mean, they, they had a, a scene or two for sure, but it just so, felt so overwhelmingly like aloof of of it to a degree that that and i was fine with that i don't mean that i didn't mean that in a bad way just kind of the nonchalantness like of charlie wilson tom hanks and this character like it felt like the movie was his vibe um where it would, it would dip into the serious but ultimately just this guy who who likes to have a drink and talk to people and and try and get a little done in government right in the in the i'm not showy but i get a lot surprising amount done behind the scenes which is you know uh, a fun way of looking at at things um and maybe maybe also part again American exceptionalism propaganda a little bit, but you know I, I I don't fault it for that. It's more entertaining that way. Yeah, the reason I ask is it. I mean, it, it's it obviously has comedic moments, right? There's a lot in this movie that's very funny, um, and a lot of the dialogue is written for you two to laugh. Um, but that said, it's still taking on pretty serious topics. I mean, they they visit refugee camps and see kind of the horrors of war um fairly regularly in the movie like three or four times in the movie um so it kind of treads that line of you know making a really serious topic more approachable through humor i think um so yeah i I think it's i think it's more on the the kind of dark comedy side almost um because a lot of the, the 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 comedic uh lines are about like how fucked everything is you know, and kind of finding some humor in that. I mean, one of the first cuts that when they go to Afghanistan, um, it's like a first person view from one of the, uh, the Soviet copters. Mm-hmm. And um, that was actually horrifying. That was probably more intense action than I think anything in Rambo three, uh, where they were just kind of, you know, peppering the ground and just disintegrating people and like horses and, you know, a few things I, I you know, it, it was, I don't know. I had a hard time calling it a comedy, even though, like you said, there's some good witty banter. It, you know, there was stuff to laugh at in there. But overall, I don't know. I felt like the the topic was a little bit too heavy for me to uh, personally uh, classify it that way. Yeah. The um, one of the things I think that was kind of interesting is that they entirely there's only one scene in the entire movie that has Soviets in it, like actual filmed Soviets. Right. Where the, you're you're getting their perspective from the helicopter. Um, and it's the first time that the Afghanis uh, shoot down one of the Heinz, um, which I think is an interesting choice. Um, it kind of leads me into like the villain of, of the movie wasn't really the Soviet Union. It was um, American bureaucracy, right? It was they were fighting against like the kind of red tape and hurdles of America to get this done um, rather than the, the villain being soviets yeah back to the sorkin if only we could just have the smart people do all this stuff we'd be fine which is his overriding theme in all of these but yeah but it also you know a lot of this is about 
American um, like interventionism, right? And whether or not it's okay for us to intervene in these things. Um, and both of these movies are, are largely about that, right? Um, Rambo at least hits that very, very, at a very high level, um, but doesn't deep dive into it at all. It does hit um, it though. Ram it does. Well, yeah, Rambo is the intervention. Like that's all you need. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rambo is is a, is a metaphor for the U.S. Uh, 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 proxy support of the Mujahideen or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this does go into... Um, very much like is it good or is it bad like trying to paint a gray area for american um interventionism Excuse i didn't think me. it sorry sorry god yeah no i thought i was gonna say something sorry yeah that's that's why we're here um i i i didn't think it i mean again i don't expect it to so i'm not saying this in a it's bad um but i don't think they painted the soviets in in anything else than just a generic force of evil uh, communism is basically labeled as evil in this and the mujahideen are generally seen as the good um and they do that toy thing which i mean it seems so outrageous um uh, you know i did a google search and that was all disproven like a long time ago well before this movie came out so it's like so clearly clearly there's a an overwhelming bias um and i know sorkin's personal beliefs i'm I, like i'm not surprised he 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 you know enabled all of it because again he um i think he's a very very big kind of liberal capitalist kind of guy um but the soviets uh certainly in both movies are, are 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 one is like a pure evil and the other is more of a a cloud of evil <laughs> but i don't think they're given uh, proper representation um uh, because i feel like the conflict there was far more uh i think i mean i i, I even just spending five minutes reading about it um it, it doesn't really call into question why the U.S. were supporting Mujahideen and 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 who were they looking to overthrow? Because I think it's a lot greater than that. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you that they they're they're very different types of bad guy in both movies. Um, yeah, in in Charlie Wilson's War, it's the specter of communism, right? It's the it's the generic evil of the Soviet Union rather than any specific thing, right? And I think that's notable. I think that it is it's it's it is a choice to do that. You know, to not put really any face to it um here is just some uh atrocity and we're never going to allow you to relate to the people committing these atrocities right we're never putting any work into developing them as a villain because they're not the point of the movie um so I, yeah i think that was a deliberate choice to to make them the kind of you know this cloud of of evil um but not to really drill down and and put a face to that you know, allow you to empathize with with the Soviets in this. Uh, it certainly would have complicated things. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> but the, but but what they do to uh, what what they do or what Sorkin does with the the script is he kind of peppers throughout, um, or at least you know, kind of modulates the strict American propaganda with the you know the gust constantly trying to say the 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 little Zen master fable right of we'll see um you know because obviously this movie was made with hindsight right like we all know how it turned out in the long run um you know and so it, it's able to take a look at this story where it's still telling it from the perspective of of 1985 where you know 
we probably were on the right side of that, right? We want to help, you know, the Afghanis who are being occupied. Um, and, you know, if they're going to fight a proxy war for us, we're going to fund that proxy war, right? The enemy of our enemies. Um, but, you know, it, it, it gives it context and it tries to like slip that context in, which I think is good. We also just talk about what a fantastic cast that movie had. Absolutely. Overall, I mean, like not not only just like the big stars, there were a few like kind of bit parts from character actors that I, I love. I've, you know, I've been actually going through um, Schitt's Creek and mm -hmm. when they uh, cut to the first time uh, Charlie Wilson's in Afghanistan, uh, one of the gentlemen, uh, Colonel, uh, Colonel Mahood, is the guy who plays Ray Batani in Schitt's Creek. <laughs> it, I, it instantly caught my attention. I thought that was a... Uh, Interesting. Oh, when they're in Pakistan, right, with uh, President Zia. Sorry, yes, yes, it's it's right, uh, right off the bat. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, no, there's uh, the guy who plays um, Mike Vickers is really good, the CIA weapons specialist. Um, which, which was that was a that was a great line of uh, here here's a test. Yeah, the nerdy white guy playing against four people at the same time. Which one's the weapons specialist? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes. And and, and and the uh, the. I think the throwaway line there of um, from from uh, Gust uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character of like uh, no reason this can't be fun, right? You pat him on the back. Like that's kind of the theme of the movie. Like no reason this can't be fun. Um, you know, it's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think is probably the best actor of like that generation. Like it is. Yeah, you know, watching him, it's like a like I really wish he was able to still make movies. And Julia Roberts, who I generally don't care for, I think did a really good job in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, did a lot with kind of a, a pretty one-dimensional character. Um, and then I think Tom Hanks, I think the, the movie doesn't work without Tom Hanks's affability. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that be, checks it, out. It'd be hard to find a, a, a Tom Hanks substitute. Um, uh, and I think... Yeah, I can't think of one. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple out there, but he, he, was, he was an absolutely great pick for that. Well, I think, I think this was the my favorite Tom Hanks role because I think he like actually did a great deal of acting here. Whereas normally I just feel like he's playing Tom Hanks. He's playing like the generic, you know, handsome, likable, goofy leading man. Right. Like that's just kind of his shtick. Um, and he's always in like varied roles, but it's always just feels like Tom Hanks. Um, whereas this really felt kind of like a transformation um, because there was quite a bit of depth to that, to that character. Yeah, I think that was that's. I think that's pretty fair. He was he was excellent in the role. And I, I was trying to think as you were saying that, like Tom Hanks's other roles that I that come to mind. And I'm like, yeah, I, this one does stand out as him kind of uh, playing a character that's unique. In his Second role. only to uh, Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> to to your point, well, I think a lot of his roles when I when I go through them feel far more uh, reactionary. Like his character is always reacting to events, not taking initiative um here he didn't have to do anything he was not threatened he was not personally hurt and and he just saw a thing and he and he went after it but without the like because you did this to me kind of moment and and um that probably plays somewhat into it right yeah absolutely um the, the also he's just playing a really interesting guy right i think that helps a lot i think the kind of the source material helps where um you know, the real Charlie Wilson, um, like when he was interviewed about this, uh, this movie afterwards, 
um, he was like, they, they let me off easy. Like he did, like none of the, <laughs> none of the stuff in the movie, like as outlandish as it seemed like he, he apparently he was way worse. Um, like was known as like a good time. Charlie, like really leaned into the fact that he was kind of this, just like Washington DC playboy. Um, and like really enjoyed living the life of uh, debauchery. Um, I listened to uh, an interview with one of his peers um, and they were saying like, he was always operating at 50% because the other 50% was, was like focused on women and booze. And like, if he just would ever devote himself to actually being a congressperson, like the sky would have been the limit for him. Um, and like, cause he was this good at like 50% capacity, which is pretty he's, amazing. He's basically the, uh, the guy that Bruce Wayne's always pretending to be when people are looking. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fun he's time. fun time he's, playboy drinking and hanging out with women being crazy. Yeah. Um, no, I, th- I thought that, uh, I thought they did a pretty good job of showing him being a pretty deeply flawed person. Like they did a good job balancing that. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed how they fleshed out that character and kind of portrayed it. Like you, you obviously were rooting for him, but you knew that he wasn't a great person, right? He did, he did a great thing. Um, and like great in long term, who knows, but like, you know, for the context of the movie, he did a great thing, but wasn't necessarily a great person. What part of the, I mean, I get that, you know, the, the Vegas scene, um, and he was obviously uh, surrounded himself by women, but even the interactions with women, he can't, they certainly made it a point to portray him as uh, honest throughout the entire thing, which was, um, uh, I, I guess I would say he's like, what, what were the things against him? You know what I mean? He didn't screw over anyone and he didn't lie to anyone. No, but he was an alcoholic, drug using, womanizing but his, his womanizing was, um, you know, not really fleshed out in the movie. I think it became clear that womanizing was happening, but in every scene with a woman, he he didn't do anything, especially for that time. If anything, he was incredibly like it, 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 if you look at all the scenes with women, he, you know, like the girl that that, that stayed at his place. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Or the girl that was like just in, a, in her underwear and like a shirt. To be clear, the daughter of one of his contributors. Sure. OK. Yeah. But like it. But but like two. Consensual also, John, ad- what, what about his office staff? OK. No, a yeah. bunch of beautiful women. But again, he never like I could put I could I could certainly find toxic things he did. I thought that the movie did uh, backflips to to make him out as this person who loved being around women, but was respectful to them. I yeah, mean, he was also married. Pretty I, sure. I thought he was divorced. Was he? Because he well, was wearing a ring. That's actually what I was basing that on. I, well, then, I, then they never even introduced it. Like the idea that then you don't even hear him talk about his wife or that his wife's calling or anything like it. Yeah. So I believe he was divorced at the time. He was divorced movie. at the time. Yeah. Okay. I thought they said he was divorced. I'm pretty and, sure he had a ring on. That's, that's that threw me off then. Uh, some people like, you know, you, you always hear stories. People get divorced and they like, I don't know. There's something about the ring. Right. But like, okay. Uh, um, uh, I just thought that they did backflips to, 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 to clearly show that it was there, but then never actually show it in any scene. He, in my opinion, he was, he was the most respectful uh, misogynist, uh, 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 you know, I've ever met on camera. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, I mean, I kind of wonder, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into this more later probably, but you know, I wonder if that's just an artifact of the time, right? This was made in 2006, 2007. Uh-huh. Um, and 
you know, that's only 13 years ago, 14 years ago, but that's a long way when it comes from like, you know, social issues like misogyny um, and portraying him as like, you know, kind of the likable womanizer, I think is kind of par for the course for that time. So I agree with you. I mean, I think, I think that they, like, I think they did a good job showing his flaws. I don't think that they tried to make him toxic in any way. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Make you aware that this is all definitely happening off screen. We're just not going to spend a single scene with him doing it on screen because he's the hero of this movie. Yeah, I agree with that. Adam, are you going to say something? Sorry. I looked like you raised your hand. I thought we were no, in class. I was, no, I'm, no, I'm just <laughs> you playing? fiddling with You're your, playing with your, your uh... what, is, what is that, a, a waddle? Is that what that's yeah, called? Yeah, yeah, that, that is, that, that's definitely what's called on me. Just, just fiddling with my second chin here. It's a new... <laughs> and and I, I don't want to, I know this isn't meant to go here, but the only reason I called out the, the questioning, which was, again, because I, 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 I never cared about history ever but but just doing like a quick research i mean the the mujahideen, mujahideen uh were fighting the democratic republic of afghanistan this was a group that sure the russians were absolutely backing but they were a marxist leninist group they they were pushing um wealth equality women's rights education and and the hard religious right in afghanistan uh in in, in the suburbs right oh weird don't know what that's like uh uh pushed against it so, so my point was, and, and I get that this is like, yeah, how far back do you want to go? Because really at this point in the war, um, the Soviets basically, you know, being communist and all and Marxist Leninist stuff being far closer to communism than, than Western capital, you know, they're clearly helping and they're funding and they're, and they're getting deeper and deeper into it. So then the Americans start to go against it. But, but these were the, these were the, uh, uh, you know, this, this was the deep right of Afghanistan that we funded. And that, that was my point. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you, right? And it is, you know, it's one of those things where in hindsight, obviously it was the wrong choice. But if, you know, at the time, the greater threat is the Soviet Union getting footholds, you know, further into the world, further than they, they already have, um, you know, and this allow, you know, somebody who wants to fight against them and essentially bleed them is at the time we thought it was a good thing for our interests. Like I don't, I, I, I'm under no pretense that any of this was altruistic by the United States, right? Like this is us putting in a government that we thought was advantageous to the United States, regardless of whether or not it was advantageous to the, you know, Afghani people. It was, it was, it was anti, anti-communist, therefore yeah. anti-Russian, therefore better, therefore what we wanted. Turns out during the Cold War, that's that's a pretty important thing, right? I guess it it and I, and I, again, this is nothing I'm ever going to fault this movie to ever con- hit because they're coming into it years into this thing. It's not uh, I don't need a whole history lesson and then to debate why we're you know are we sure we're on the wrong side? I, I have no problem with them just assuming we're on the right side. I mean, we write the history books, blah blah blah, and all that. Um, you know, Americans can do no wrong kind of thing, but like it it uh you know the Afghans definitely. You know, a, a a a leftist party took control and tried to do mass like wealth reform and education reform and women's rights reform. And it's just funny to me that like we come in to 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 trample that and and then at the same time claim we're the heroes. It's just not whatever. Yeah, uh, inserting governments was kind of uh, the thing Our that thing? the United States did for <laughs> I don't know 
50 or 60 years or so. Um, like that was a pretty, pretty important part of our history that, you know, is not a great look. Um, yeah. I mean, if you look up pictures of Kabul from like 1970, it's a much, much different place. So anyways, uh, but moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I, they, they didn't, there's no, there's no moral ambiguity in whether or not the Mujahideen were on the right side, right? They, they never question that. Um, there is a little bit of ambiguity in whether or not us helping them was the right decision, given the, the context of what happens, you know, later in the world. But they never question whether or not the Mujahideen are on the, the correct side of, of that conflict. Right. It's, it's Russians uh, um, invading, which is really more Russians defending the leftist government that was instituted in Afghanistan and trying to help keep it together, you know, uh, uh, um, and then toy bombs, therefore, you know, bad guys. And and to your point, Charlie Wilson's war does take a much more nuanced look than, than Rambo. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they um, yeah, I mean, they did kill a lot of Afghanis, right? Like the Russians did. Absolutely. Yeah. Kill oh, well, a they, lot they, of they 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 effectively became the armed wing of the leftist government because it turns out that leftist uh, uh views were were only popular in urban areas um and so while it was very popular there in the suburban you know country it was not popular at all <laughs> all this they they wanted to secularize the state and 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 pull away religion um weird uh, i guess uh, i guess we thought that was a bad idea sorry i'll stop um so uh yeah i mean again right this is obviously fiction it's obviously a movie um but i do think that it does a good job of giving you some historical insight obviously reality is substantially more nuanced than you know uh an hour and 36 minute movie or whatever the runtime of this was um could be and you know i don't think that in 20 years 30 years anybody's going to be looking at this as like oh, this is the definitive story of this time, right? Like The historical documents. Um, but there's really not that many movies made about this time, which is why I picked these two. Like, like what's the other movie about Afghanistan at this time? It's, it's Rambo 3. What was that? The, the Kite Runner? It spans. Oh, <laughs> goes, it goes into the 2000s, but I'm pretty sure it spans a uh, period there. Okay. Yeah, I never, I, 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 didn't, I did not see The Kite Runner. I'm not sure I saw the movie. I read the book. I, I may have seen the movie. I may not have. I don't know. But they will, in a few years' time, go back to Rambo Three as the definitive tale of uh, Afghanistan. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, We're whalers on the moon. <laughs> We're whalers on the moon. <laughs> exactly. It's a good dig. Uh, Deep cut, so, there, Jim. So yeah, go to to segue into into Rambo Three. Um, Adam, what is what is your thirty second plot summary of of Rambo three? Oh, because fuck, I mean, man. you just watched this. This is uh, yeah. Fresh. I mean, um, uh, John Rambo, warrior monk, um, <laughs> ref refuses to uh, to help his friend uh, in Afghanistan. Then immediately changes his tune when some random guy shows up to tell him his friend was captured. That was that was. The we'll get we'll get back to that i'm sorry um and then proceeds to single-handedly defeat uh the soviets in afghanistan i'm pretty sure as the movie jim your 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 30 second take sure um rambo's off on his retreat and 
gets disrupted by his old coworker who says, come back and hang out with me. And he says, no. And then the coworker gets stuck on a job. And, and another guy that he met was like, hey, this guy can't finish until you go there and, and help him finish the thing. And he's like, okay. And, uh, and he goes and helps him finishing it. And it, it ends in the, the most uh, uh, lopsided game of chicken I think I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, ever. It That's was absolutely amazing. spectacular. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I thought the action was great. Um, the movie did keep a pretty good pace once it got going. Uh, it was it was an enjoyable movie. I liked it. It was, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. So my take on this is um, Sylvester Stallone and his muscles and his headband and a tank <laughs> took down the Soviet army in Afghanistan. Why? Not entirely sure. Um, but there was a Soviet commander who hated John Rambo. And John Rambo hated the Soviet commander, and <laughs> and everything led up to 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 that to that ending, which was phenomenal. Um, really underrated, uh, like underrated piece of writing. This movie. Um, yeah. So so, what did you guys like about this movie? And what did you guys dislike? Dude, them muscles, man. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know if I've actually watched. Oh no, okay, that's not true. I was gonna say I don't know if I have watched any Stallone films, but I definitely saw Demolition Man. Um, I don't, I don't recall uh, his muscles, but uh, Sylvester Stallone, he is a jack dude, oiled down. It's pretty impressive. Oh yeah, there was. I mean, I don't, I don't want to know what the like baby oil budget on this movie was to keep Sylvester Stallone in that like sheen. Um, <laughs> another coat, another coat, quickly. <laughs> it's hot out here. Yeah, but but I think that that raises like, kind of an interesting point. Is that like this is really at the tail end of like the 1980s action movie and like the the 1980s action movie star is kind of you know the Sylvester Stallone type right you have him you have Arnold Schwarzenegger you have you know um really Dolph just Lundgren. yeah Dolph Lundgren you have muscle bound um you know essentially professional bodybuilders who are just like these you know hyper masculine ideals of of what you know uh, a real man action star will be. Um, and in the 1990s, you get into kind of the, the Bruce Willis diehard, you know, dad bod kind of action hero where it's like the, the average Joe, like you can just insert the normal guy into extraordinary circumstances and watch him do amazing things. And like, obviously there's a lot of like, you know, transition to that. Um, but this is really kind of at the tail end of you know the the like Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan the Barbarian uh, Predator type of action movie, um, yeah. So I think I think Stallone's muscles are are notable as like a trend here, where it's uh you know kind of the end of a trend. So this this movie held the record for highest body count in a movie until the 2008 Rambo came out. <laughs> there's only one there's only one movie that can beat a Rambo movie. <laughs> That's another <laughs> Rambo movie. I th- I thought you were going to tell me it held the record for the biggest knife. <laughs> no, I, I feel like that was absolutely Crocodile Dundee. You may be right. Which I believe came out the same week that this did. Like Crocodile Dundee, I think, was a contemporary of, of Rambo 3, I believe. I mean, it's been a while since I've watched Crocodile Dundee. Are you, are you sure the knife was comparable? Because that knife was literally the size of Stallone's, like, calf. When he gave it to that little kid, I'm like, why would you do that? That was a terrible idea. Don't Dude, that let kid, that kid touch that knife. Kid was swinging it around like it was a sword, man. That, that <laughs> knife basically was a broadsword. It was ridiculous. And then he's using 
the mind detection technique. I was like, I, I don't think that's safe. <laughs> that seems like a terrible way, like face first to just <laughs> uncover minds. It's like, man, this guy's real tough. <laughs> yeah. It, it's um the, the one man, the one man army, absolutely unstoppable machine of, of Rambo, right? The, the, the cliche of Rambo exists for a reason. Um, the, you know, him cauterizing his wounds with gunpowder um, and like, hey, I'm going to pull this out the other side and then like, exp- you know, burn both sides to, to keep, wait, what? I, I actually had to run into the other room to tell Colleen about that. I was like, so remember I told you he had a spike through his abdomen? He just shoved his thumb into his back to push it out. It was incredible. <laughs> Oh man, that was yeah. The, also, also the um, the backfire on that quarterization that the the flame shot out the, <laughs> yeah. the front of the wound as well, like he had just launched an RPG out of his his abdominal hole. It was pretty wild. Yeah, it was. It. I mean, I I hope that they were sued at some point by somebody who thought that they could do that in real life. Can I not? <laughs> I, I, I was going to oh, tuck, the the <laughs> tuck that away in my survival kit, like right one in bullet. the back of my brain. Yep. One bullet, a knife. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure nothing bad would happen if I tried to remove a bullet from its casing with a knife. I could do that. <laughs> I mean, if John Rambo can, you can. Okay. So, so- um, but yeah, th- this was like, you know, kind of ultra, like the hyper gory, hyper action packed, uh, you know, action movie from the 80s but what were you gonna say jim i cut you off uh i was gonna say this is um this is like if an eight-year-old who loved playing army game watched charlie wilson's war and was told to recount it like this is like this is a um a reduction of a reduction kind of moment and and i love the just like they the I love that they they actually made you know horses fight tanks and helicopters. Uh, I, I honestly, and I'll, I, this is going to sound really weird to say, but uh, Sylvester Stallone, I don't know how to say this without sounding weird. He the way he runs, like I feel like that guy is just trying, and he's just got like <laughs> a really great run. Uh, well, a lot of people run and they look stupid. Uh, when he runs, I'm like, man, that guy is like putting everything in. Like it's like he, he it's like. He took acting on how to run well. Um, uh, I've, uh, and, and he does the same thing with horses. I, I, was that him on the, on, on the horse or not? Because uh, I mean, they were I, pretty zoomed into his face. Like, yeah, it looked like, looked like, looked him, like right? him. Yeah. I thought he did. A, I thought like, I, I love those. And like him riding a horse. I was like, holy shit. He's like, he's doing the thing he did with running, but on a horse. Like, <laughs> like he's making the horse go faster. Because he's doing that, like I'm fucking throwing everything into it, kind of thing, and uh, you know what I mean. Like no, more people, most people you see riding a horse, and it was like it was like literally he was turbocharging it, uh, and and I, I love the action scenes. I think he's a great action person, and and I love the, I even love. I know it was like the typical Rambo thing, but like the not wanting to go, not wanting to get involved. Uh, yeah, that, that's great, right? Going to save a buddy. Um, uh, uh, and then you know uh, the the Russians being hilariously evil. Right. Like they were trying to <laughs> like they just murdering people and being happy about it and and uh, torturing um, never too much because, I, you know, you can only show so much torture. So it was always like, we're just going to hang you here for a while, which I'm sure would have sucked. But like 
really that was like the worst thing you could have done. They, they should have they should have really sprung for a winch. They just had that big Russian dude pull Yeah, up. he was just I'm like, I'm like, who's who's this uh who's this torturing more, right? The prisoner and the guy who stopped hold that there, right? Uh and what were they even want? Like, did he did he know where some missiles were? Like a few missiles? Yeah, like I don't even dude, know. I know where the missiles are. <laughs> they're they're really close. <laughs> In your ass, dude. Colonel Colonel Murdoch had all the best one-liners <laughs> in this fucking movie. I wrote down several Colonel Murdoch one-liners, but in in your ass was incredible. Like that's that's <laughs> that's what I want to pull out when I'm being tortured by Russians. <laughs> Whatever well, they want, it's really close because it's in your ass. Well, yeah, and as as he's saying it, like you know, you know it's coming, right? Like you can see that one, <laughs> but like he still says it, and like oh shit, he said it. That that Russian guy didn't know it was coming. That was the not, he did not. That was great acting because he did not. He, he did not. He's like, know. oh yeah, close. Hmm. Yeah, the, the script writer didn't like didn't let that the actor playing the, the Russian in on that. And then it, then it comes. He's like, what? Like genuine shock. Are you fucking kidding me? I have a knife to your throat, and you're you're gonna pull this shit. Pull and that, then the uh, pull that then rope the, again. So. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then and then they get all right. I'm jumping to the end of the movie, but just another funny scene because whatever, right? They 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 escape, and what does the Russian do? He's like he traps them, and he's like, guys, seriously, you have one more chance. <laughs> You're like, dude, what is we we don't want to kill you? We really don't want to kill you. I'm like, man, it's like it's like it's the first time you've ever captured an American before. Like we can't ever let this one go. We'll never capture another one again. Uh, I, th- th- I think he, I think they actually explicitly say that you're the first person captured. You're the first American <laughs> captured. In absolutely, do yeah. I think they explicitly say that ever, ever, ever. We've only uh, ever caught one of you. It was. Yeah. Can, can can we talk about that scene where uh, Red from that '70s show goes and tells him that his friend is captured? Cause it, it's, it's the most awkward thing. He just, he just walks up out of nowhere. He's like Rambo. He's like, but he's like, didn't go well in Afghanistan. Thought and you should know. Like, okay. That, uh, yeah. That, he's like, thought you should know. And then just starts walking away. <laughs> he's like, dude, you, you flew out there just to, to deliver that message by person. And, so, and, then, and then someone goes, what about me? <laughs> no context. <laughs> just, what about me? What about what I want? <laughs> what the fuck dude yeah I mean, also i mean to to be clear he's going to the monastery that rambo where, where rambo lives and donates all of his money to to try and make peace with the fact that he murdered lots of people in the first two <laughs> movies um and yeah and and <laughs> to, to adam's warrior monk point is starts the movie in a stick fight in like bangkok because like you know to to, to get more money to donate to this this monastery um, which you know seems like might not be the the correct interpretation of Buddhism, um, but then again, I mean, uh, Buddhists are having a genocide right now, so you know, the, the, didn't expect that either. Ram- Rambo ahead of its time. Like, do you think yeah. like the people at the monastery were like, we're gonna audit your finances because we're very concerned where this money is coming from? And <laughs> there's uh, like, is is he just a proto Keanu Reeves? Is that is that what Stallone is? He's just like the guy that has no affectation and is just does crazy action in movies. Is he like the early like John Wick? I I mean I think that if you could have like I think Sylvester Stallone was ten years too early because he would have been an amazing Neo because you could just see him. Oh, going, you think? Whoa, whoa, 
I, I don't. With, with this ridiculous can... Italian accent. Or I don't even know if it's Italian. It's the Stallone accent. I don't know what accent that is. I don't know if I could buy Sylvester Stallone as a world-class hacker. <laughs> yeah, it would have been like, this is the, the peak of your civilization. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Benson Hurst. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> where are you, like, where are you... T- where you, where do you film in that? Where this where this accent makes sense? Um, you, could, you could put in some really good stop Ramon Mommel shoot Easter eggs into into like the Matrix code. Like it would have been so many missed opportunities here. Uh, and again, more of the American exceptionalism, right? He he shows up to one camp and 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 someone's like, "Why are they staring?" And they're like, "They've never seen anyone like you before." It's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! In Just fairness, in fairness, they probably hadn't, right? Like I don't think that that's I don't think that's a big stretch. Um, also Sylvester Stallone with four gallons of baby oil and a headband. Like, I mean, that's, it has nothing to do with America. Uh, This is, I, I know by the way you look, you have no experience in war. (laughs) What a a line. Who who says that to Stallone? Who says that? That was, I mean, was I supposed to read that as sarcasm? Because it, it was not delivered as sarcastic, right? Yeah, no, that that took, I had the exact same reaction to it, where it was like, did the writers really just like want this trope in there of like, you know, Rambo gets to prove how much of a badass he is to this one specific guy? Like, you you have no experience in war, but show me how you fight for a sheep. <laughs> I feel like that was like Stallone's first writing credit was that line right there. He's like, we're just going to put this in there. Like, it's, you're Ram- it's Rambo 3, okay? The idea that... uh <laughs> That the audience isn't very aware of your capabilities. Um, sorry, God, I've shot a few guns. <laughs> yeah, with like all the scars on his chest and like, yeah, okay. Um, but that that does to your point, Jim. Like, they they do go out of their way to like try to get some depth to the 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 Mujahideen, right? They like they really try to tell that story in a way that I was not expecting from this movie right like i expected they would do a little bit to set the stage of where they were in the world and that's it um but they spent a pretty good amount of time like trying to explain this conflict and like of course through the lens of oh adam's on or uh, brian's on we can, we can wait for him yeah but they do try and humanize them yes hey brian hey brian a little low can you guys hear me yeah I, I, we can hear you you're just a little low on my fancy new mic well, bring, bring it closer closer where is it you gotta like like in that picture you sent us you gotta just kind of yeah baby like, like this yeah there you go yeah you sound better now how's that yeah all right i don't have headphones though is that a problem uh as long as we don't get feedback then nope yeah i was actually gonna ask you guys are not hearing yourselves through my headphones right no because i usually have these things cranked up <laughs> <laughs> Adam really wants to drown out the rest of his life whenever he's sitting on his computer. I mean, I, I literally have <laughs> So you can tell me if I've got feedback. No, I uh, can't nothing. Hear. Fantastic. So, so uh, Brian, uh, what um what is your 30-second plot summary of Rambo 3? Oh, I did not watch Rambo 3. Don't, but I don't, don't, don't care. What that's, is, that's perfect. But I watched the trailer and the and the stick fight scene just just before showing up here. Uh, and uh, and I read the wiki, um, so I have a pretty good gist. And I definitely was like thinking about while I was like reading it and stuff about 
the actual war going on there and and Charlie Wilson and stuff. And it was also because then, it, oh, 88 was when this was made. So it was still like 100% going on, which is actually kind of neat. Like, that's kind of cool. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Rambo wins the Afghan-Soviet war, right? That's the, like, he shows up and he shoots a helicopter with a um, explosive bow and arrow. I'm pretty uh, sure Brian actually watched this movie. <laughs> uh it it definitely has a bunch of like rip like ripped off scene like scenes that have showed up in other things right like the like hot shots and 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 these kinds of things um uh super like playing it super straight but so fucking corny right um i mean he literally like blows up the entire like soviet army by himself like it's like it's like watching mandalorian except he doesn't even actually have super armor on he has no armor on he's got muscles yeah, exactly. And baby oil. <laughs> Did you actually? I, I can, I can, I can try to run through the plot real quick because it's like his, his, his boss, his, his old boss from First Blood, like has to go to Afghanistan to like do something, and he wants Rambo to come, but he won't, and then he gets captured. So then Rambo's like, "Fine, I'm gonna go in all by myself and do it," and then he, and then he saves the Mujahideen from communists for America. The end. I think specifically not for America. He does, oh, it, okay. he does it for Rambo, and he does it for Rambo's boss. Okay. Maybe the kid does it for Colonel Murdoch, and he does it for the kid. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I think I think Rambo is disillusioned by America <laughs> at this point. How, how, um, however, he quite clearly served their interests explicitly. I'm, I'm not doing this for you. Yeah, okay, Rambo, whatever. Just go in there and kill all the, all the Russians, please. Yeah, but it's not for you. Yeah, yeah. No, we got it. it's for your buddy. Just uh, whenever you're ready. Actually, but if he they, was caught, they would deny they ever knew him or spoke with him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they did. They now that I think now that you mention it, they did call that out like specifically in the trailer. Like first, it was they first blood, and then he did it for, and now it's for himself. Okay, there were other, there were two more Rambo movies. I think three more Rambo movies. Three I think more? there was the two thousand eight Rambo. Just there Rambo was two thousand sixteen Rambo something or another, and now in two thousand nineteen, I think there was Rambo Last Blood. Which is still not as bad a name as First Blood Two. First Blood Part Two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was back. That's kind of another thing. Like the '80s action movies were very much franchise based, right? Like this is, you know, it was all about it was all about the franchises. Kind of in the '90s, I think there weren't that many. Really, like there was Speed and Speed Two, um, but nobody watched Speed Two. That was not. I mean, a tentpole <clears throat> franchise, you know, around the like Schwarzenegger, like yeah. you know, S- Sloan is Rambo. Like, there you go. Let's turn these things out. I'm surprised that they stopped three, um, right? Like, there was a huge jump. Right? That was only. Well, but, I think yeah. Uh, I-, I actually. Oh, go ahead. No, go. Ahead. Uh, I actually told Alina the plot of Rambo one because I I, she, I mentioned that we were doing this and I'm like, oh, Rambo three. She's like, Rambo. I'm like, let me tell you about Rambo one. And she's like, that actually sounds really good. And I said. Yeah, Rambo One was actually a, a pretty good movie. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think kind of the the direction that that movies went for, away from franchises was like the action star was the franchise at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it just it didn't matter. It didn't matter if it was another Rambo. It was just another Stallone movie, right? Yeah. I mean, Demol- like, Demolition Man was Rambo in the future. Right. Rocky was Rambo without guns. Rocky or One. Ram- Rocky Rambo One was a legitimate, legitimately good movie. Again, well, that's again. I think Rambo One was a legitimately good movie. Yeah, uh, uh, I think Demolition <laughs> Man was a legitimately good movie. I still love okay, watching no, that I, movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I was going to say, great. 
I've I've never seen either Rambo one or Rocky one, and I'm I'm fine with just seeing Rambo three and Demolition Man and Judge Dread. <laughs> Judge Dread. Right. I did not like I did not like Dread. What? Wait, wait, wait! You didn't like Dread, or you didn't like Judge Dread? I did not like Judge Dread. The, okay. The Stallone. Okay, the Stallone one. Yeah, because I was gonna say Dread. Dread was a sick movie. Dread was Dread was decent. Yeah, it's fun. Anyway. It, it, it it certainly at least had had the had honest fun with its subject material and was like it was basically like ray the raid with dread skin on right like that's right okay. that's what i think of that as which is great which is awesome <laughs> sorry what no i i i apologize for getting us on this this dread kick this is we're, we're still talking about stallone here so that's fine like and stallone adjacent things like the the dread uh, remake or I guess not remake but you yeah know. but but I I think you make a really good point about the like the the like the person is the IP but that's like a lot what movies are yeah sometimes more than others right but yeah I mean you know a, a time in all of our childhoods it was just like what's the current like Schwarzenegger or Stallone movie thing right what what is it it was a racer am I Vanessa Williams oh I remember that one <laughs> and rail guns it's so much for those things to be real. Thinking rail that uh, oh, rail guns are real to some yeah. extent. Yeah. What were you we saying, Adam? Oh no, I was going to say, am, am I am I foolish to think that uh, Schwarzenegger movies are actually distinct from one another, and it's not just the actor? Like I, I don't know. I feel like when I when I think of like Terminator, and I think of Conan, and and uh, I, I guess I wasn't a big Schwarzenegger guy. True Lies. They all seem like distinct enough from one another. As like there's definitely kind of like connective things, tissue things things that 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 are iconic at least in my like recollection and things that are like another one of those movies i think eraser is a good like and then there was another schwarzenegger movie eh, right uh, you're certainly called i mean like terminator is like a really enjoyable classic in the same kind of ways that i think um like rocky one and uh, rambo one are when when this when the series in question was kind of like an indie experiment thing and had a bunch of different interesting elements in it and then they're like turn it into an action franchise terminator 2 aside but yeah, the rest terminator of, 2 is great but, but the rest of every, yeah terrible the rest of the uh, terminator series is exactly that just like continued cash nonsense of, of self-masturbation yeah. yeah so what we were talking about um right when you hopped on was that one of the things that uh we had found interesting or at least I had found unexpected was the way that Rambo um, three went kind of deeper into humanizing the Mujahideen and like really giving them a part in the story than I expected them to. I thought that it was just oh, really going to be um, about <clears throat> here is the place that you're existing in. And here is the method in which you are getting to this battle. Um, and that's it. And who cares what, you know, what the backstory is. Um, but you'd kind of mentioned it in your summary that this movie was made while this conflict was still going on. Yeah, it must have started in like 86, 87, like production, right? Like, yeah. And so that kind of raises the, like how much of this to, to kind of Jim's point is just straight up American propaganda, right? Because oh, like this is- I'm positive that there's, there's, there was an aspect, absolutely. Yeah, and like uh, you know, how much was the the this movie used, or at least the the thought here was to frame the conflict the way that we want to be able to to frame it. Um, you know, the, this is 
fighting communism. This is fighting this like very, very explicit evil. Um, like these, you know, the, the, the Russians are comically evil in this movie. Oh, they, they did they did come across that way in the in the small clips, yeah. Although I, I just, not to sidetrack the point you're making, but the, I don't even feel like I saw the Mujahideen in the in the trailer, right? So, but I but that, that doesn't sizzle in a trailer, but if in the content of the movie they're portrayed in that kind of way, then cool, I mean, interesting. Yeah, he, he spends a decent amount of time like with the Mujahideen just kind of like hearing their story and like what's going on with them. Um, you know, partly to to make us sympathetic to to their plot. You know, partly to uh, like make us understand why they're all like willing to go die for this cause. Um, Jim, it looked like you were trying to say something. No, I'm good. Cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I it's <clears throat> I think it's interesting to look at the perspective of both of these movies from that are taking place um, kind of contemporaneously, right? Uh, I think there was a, uh, a miss here by not just remaking Tr uh, Rambo and just calling him Charlie Wilson as like Charlie Wilson's going to go save the day. Charlie Wilson's actually going to fight. Um, like if he started out as a senator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a congressman. Yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe he was a congressman, not a senator. Yeah, and he, and he, goes, and he, he goes and just really takes this fight personally. <laughs> um, but yeah, like these things were happening cont contemporaneously. Um, but they were made at vastly different times and how sorry. the... Sorry, which things are happening contemporaneously? I'm not sure. Not like the, the, the Rambo 3, like the actions in the movie are happening at the same time in history, right? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, but they're made at, you know, obviously 20 years apart. Right, which is, I mean, super relevant. Yeah, and how, how does the that color, right, where... In 2000, and like kind of the the politics of the time, how does that color? Because I, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, how Russia or the Soviets were kind of faceless in Charlie Wilson's war. They weren't really the villain there. They were just kind of this looming specter of evil. Um, right. They, it, was, it, it was a like discussed but not seen villain. It's yeah. just like, it's the Russians. They're out there. Got it. Except for like a couple of helicopters flying around and, and blowing up people but like that's basically it yeah um you know and, and obviously in 1988 we're still in the cold war we're still this is still happening you know you have the color of that but in 2007 you know for at least from what i remember of of 2007 like we were pretty hopeful that russia was turning a corner again right on on kind of their author authoritarian style government um because they had elected a new president who seemed pretty progressive right they didn't they elect um uh medvedev or the life of me I who could. got along who got along with obama pretty well um like things seemed like they were turning a corner at least this is my memory of it um and you know do you think that the not explicitly making russians or soviets evil is like a you know a, a part of that kind of 2007 viewpoint where they weren't evil anymore sorry i'm not completely following the, the, we'll the, that the Soviets were clearly the bad guys. I mean, they, they made a point of, of like, being like, ah, oh, they chopped hands off of people and dropped mines on them. I'm not sure what you're, I mean, they made them sound barbaric in the context of the movie. They made them sound awful, but I think Jim had said before that while they were bad guys, they weren't really the focus of the movie. Like right, yeah. the, the politics was the focus of the movie. I think, you know, I think that, you know they were talking about you know the toy bombs and this and that they were obviously not 
they were, they were not taught in a positive light. But I think since the like the focus of the movie was so far removed from yeah, kind of what was going on on the ground that uh, it was you know I don't know I mean, put a lot of distance between uh, the viewer and and the Russians for the most yeah, part. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what might have transpired earlier, but I mean the Russians were just were kind of one note bad guy and most and also mostly faceless, right? Because they weren't the focus of what was going on. Um, I think that if there was anything missed, it might have been a more actually seeing a more nuanced justification for why the Russians were even there. In the movie itself, like after watching it, I, like I ended up watching some some YouTube bits of like, okay, so why the fuck did this war even start exactly? Because in the in the movie, I got nothing from that. Like it was just like they're here, they're bad. All right, great. Yeah, we um we had we discussed explicitly like Jim was very much of the, this is, there was no nuance there. There was no kind of understanding of the actual history. It was just, here's where the conflict starts and going from even, there un, under it the- barely even, it, bar it barely even had like a start. It was just like, ah, eh, this is going on. Like, oh, so, yeah, sorry. What, what I meant by conflict is like, here's where the conflict in the movie starts, right? Like not the, the conflict of the Afghan and Soviet war. I mean, sure. this... I mean that's, that, that's how you make a movie. You have yeah. you have a starting conflict. What do you mean you didn't go back to the beginning of time and explain everything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's bullshit. <laughs> Let me set the stage first. Well, can can any of you actually tell me why um, the Russians invaded Afghanistan? Like, what is the the benefit to holding Afghanistan? Because I I don't think that's ever been clear to me. Um, do you mean like as far as the movie goes, or like history? No. No, I, I mean this is this is now maybe uh, a little outside so, the scope of what we're discussing here. But I, as far as I know, there's no oil in Afghanistan. It's not a particularly rich country. I could be wrong about both of those things. That's my understanding. But like, what what was their uh, actual goal? Why why even fucking bother if you're Russia? That's that's the question I'm asking. So I'll throw an idea out there. I don't know if it's valid, but based off of the tiny amount of Wikipediaing I did, I didn't look specifically why they wanted it but again the whole uh Af afghan afghanistan was pushing a, a heavy marxist leninist um uh agenda that they were severely backing that clearly has a, a lot more overlaps with communism than it does with call it the american west uh they're right next to russia uh it just expanded it just it just gives them the ability to expand where they can be in the world it gives them a massive like Buffer. building a, a power structure with um a a, a political ideology that is much more aligned to yours when the west was very much like communism is the enemy i just feel like there's a lot of easy there's a lot of good reasons why russia might have wanted to get engaged there i'm just surprised they didn't pull out sooner once there was pushback if there wasn't anything else to be gained from that because that doesn't sound like a particularly well, big score to well play. then the bunch of mujahideen showed up with rocket launchers i mean christ they, they were supposed to just have horses i mean <laughs> they weren't really well, supposed to lose that many people so the um, but basically they were there assisting what they considered and what was to one degree or another, the legitimate government. So that's what they were doing. So the reason they didn't pull out is the same reason just, you know, you don't just leave your allies to like fall to a bunch of rebels, right? Because Then the country's not going to be your safe haven anymore. It's going to be run by a different aligned government. And, you know, think about like the cold war was all about there's, red areas and blue areas. And they're just like pushing up against each other and like trying to have safe territories and stuff like that and buffers around themselves. That's what the the Iron Curtain and the like 
all these proxy wars that went on during the Cold War were about, you know, trying to push countries one direction or the other. You can also look at like the conflict in Syria for the last few years, um, you know, much, much through the same lens, um, whereas the, you know, the Russian government is backing the legitimate government of Syria and the United States has been like kind of hemming and hawing on whether or not to back the rebels um, there to, to oust uh, Assad. Um, but at least with Syria, there's a warm weather port. Like you kind of, you get something out of it. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I always expect that there's some, there's some get beyond just, but, a, but, a, you know, supporting a government that is more or less aligned with you. That makes sense. And I know it happens quite often, but I, I, I'm always looking for the, the, the good get though. I mean, so. like, te- like buffer territory is a get full stop. Okay. Afghanistan also is its location is basically like the crossroads between all these, like the great empires of the world. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Pretty often you're, you know, friendly or allied with, with countries purely because of geography, right? Like we give a lot to Pakistan purely for logistic reasons to support the war in Afghanistan, right? Like we, we, oh, we need to keep resupplying our front here and it has to go through Pakistan. And so we give a lot of money to Pakistan just to support that. Geopolitics, man. Like territory equals stance. Like what your territory is defines what your politics are going to (laughs) be. Um, so I feel like we didn't spend enough time talking about the, uh, the game of chicken between the tank and the, the helicopter at the end of the movie. And Brian, I feel like you are, uh, no, I, did you see this? No, unfortunately not. I mean, I, I saw some, 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 you know, some reel of a tank and a helicopter at some point, but did they like, were they like flying at each other or something? Yeah, this, this is I a, watched, um, these, 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 these helicopters only flew five feet off the ground. Jim and I were talking about that before the podcast. they couldn't get get higher than five feet off the ground it's the rules of war we're pretty sure at the time you can only go as high as your enemy can go Soviet aviation (laughs) rules it would be be unsportsmanlike to to go higher yeah one are you looking for a clip yes because i (laughs) feel like okay wait wait, one sec no i actually actually um i just downloaded the movie so i have it so so can Um, i just say during during that during that scene he is like unloading on the helicopter with that uh machine gun that's a that's part of the tank yeah and i i i had a really hard time with that because i just watched him blow up another fucking helicopter with a compound bow (laughs) it was like i was like wow that this other helicopter is really taking those bullets from that machine gun pretty well compared to the last one, except for when it really counted and he needed to kill those guys. <laughs> then the bullets went right through the windshield. It was, it was, it was favored weapon with specialty. Oh, also John Rambo, only person that can be a one man tank crew. He's oh yeah. Driving, shooting and loading the shells all by himself. And and I love, I mean, I love that the whole point of this is that this Russian hates Rambo so much that he is not going to use his helicopter like a helicopter. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think you should go to that earlier scene where they first show up during the sheep fight because he also flies a helicopter the same way that time. Oh, is he going to go in for another pass now? Dude, that's all. 
this is like the the first, second of like five. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of them, aren't there? But you didn't you didn't back it up. This is still. This is still. This is yeah. This is just playing. Oh no no! You need to see this. This thing. is yeah. Yeah, there it is. There it is. It's just bullets just bouncing off. <laughs> and his like, buddy's like, like, he's going to do it. Yeah. They're like Naruto running at each other in my mind. Yeah. I mean, this, every shell blows up directly behind the helicopter. Oh, look, except look, the bullets went through for some reason. I don't oh, know they're why. shouting at each yeah. other. This is just brilliant. <laughs> It's like the end of Mad Max. Will, do you think you could find the part where the helicopter is chasing the horse five feet off the ground? Because that uh, was, that's that's did, yeah, did that's Rambo right like, after the sheep fight. Did Rambo like jump out of the tank beforehand? Then is he just fine? Yeah, Rambo's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, the, the tank, the tank protected him. He protected the tank actually. <laughs> he, <laughs> he jumped in front of the tank at the last minute. <laughs> Here we go. I think this is uh pretty close. This is going to be good for whoever's listening to the podcast. Yeah, no, yeah. This is, this is right, Adam. Explain what's zero. happening right now. Okay, so John John Rambo riding a horse. Also, like this, this yeah, oh, this completely is... completely hanging off the horse, picking up a sheep with one hand <laughs> and tossing it onto his horse. It was incredible. The worst sheep dummy that's ever existed. Everybody's okay. so excited. They're, they're, the fact they're like, that's the one oh, definitely did that. Gets. Here come these, the gunships, though. They've cut, they're coming up over a valley. Helicopters have snuck up on them somehow. <laughs> Even they're, they're flying like, inches away from the ground. Helicopter shoots the fucking <laughs> side of the mountain. The side of the mountain, right in front of them. They wanted to make sure they knew they were coming. <laughs> look at looking up. Watch him ride a horse, man. Look at him. It's oh, like it's like that. he's got a turbo <laughs> button on the thing. That helicopter chasing him down. Oh, he's, he's still he, not he, running he that helicopter. He notices. It. John, well, he could literally reach up and grab that helicopter solo. That Soviet's lucky he didn't, because Rambo could have pulled that thing down, Captain America style. <laughs> it's anyway. So yeah, this is this is all wild. Um, I mean, if this if there's if there's one other scene I can uh, ask you to summon up, it's the uh, the improvised grenade trap, because that was that was something that's right after the the mine clearing. I don't know if you guys remember this. Where he's there, there, there. He's going around with the uh, the knife, and he's lifting the mines up out of the ground. Uh, we discussed before that's the safest way to uh, disarm a <laughs> mine, obviously, face first. Um, and then he 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 gets to the trap with the two fishing lines attached to grenades uh, and a stake in the ground. So he like rolls over onto his back and slides under it. The the buffoon following him for some reason just just plows right through them but then i i think the yes, this, is this it the mind clearing yeah this is incredible with, i kind with, of like you're telling of it better oh no dude this 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 is a broadsword he's basically using right now this is awesome. <laughs> so that's not a knife so they so okay now they, they they find this trap he for some reason goes onto his back and like does a limbo under it the guy behind him is completely clueless and just runs right into the fishing line. And Rambo's like, what the fuck are you doing? Grabs the pin and shit. But, but look at the placement of the stake and the grenades. It's oh, just in the <laughs> middle of nowhere. It's, it's unclear to me why they didn't just go two feet to the right and go around the whole track. <laughs> yeah. No, it's ridiculous. Cause, cause I mean, it, like the <laughs> he's like, Oh, grenades. He even warns the guy, and he, he, here's the shimmy. 
does a real good. This limbo, guy just does not. real low. This guy is not even trying. <laughs> <laughs> this guy has too much junk in the trunk. <laughs> But like Rambo, Rambo's right there next to the grenade trap. <laughs> now, now wait, the kid shows up. Kid, go home. You're not even supposed to be following me. And now, wait, wait, wait. There it is. It's, there's just nothing on the other side. <laughs> he must have put it back. So, playing devil's advocate for, for the movie here, Rambo didn't clear mines on the other side of that. The only safe path is through. There's probably more mines. I mean, he still had his knife. <laughs> That's that's the only thing I could think of. He just knew that there would be more mines on the others uh, around the trap. I I just wanted to see two more strings going from that pole to the next pole. I didn't well, see those is strings. That, is that so much to ask? You could have even fi fixed it in post. Maybe you should do a remastered edition of this, where you kind of. That's the only thing I change. Up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sure you can find some others. Just comp in some some fishing line. That's it. Get it on Fiverr. Hey, I need you to edit. We're doing we're doing a, a phantom edit edit Rambo three. We're fixing the most important problem with the movie. If if, if only George Lucas had directed it. Yeah, exactly. Be like so, so you want us to fix the the tank running into the helicopter? Like no, that's that's perfect. It can't be improved. Cinematic masterpiece. I mean, they did make them 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 like seem like kaiju attacking each other. Like that's how it was filmed. I mean, so so Rambo is not a good movie, but it was damn fun. Like I had I had. I had way more fun watching that movie than I expected to. Like I expected just kind of like slog through it. I'm like, oh, like I'm, I'm doing this because like we need a, a place to comparison. Maybe, maybe there's going to be some interesting things to talk about, but I like legitimately had fun watching that movie. Did it have good pacing? Would you say? Yeah, I think it had pretty good pacing. Like there was a pretty good I, amount I, of action. Good execution on that goes a really, really, really long way. Not overstaying your welcome makes almost anything fun, right? Like, yeah. Um, so that kind of leads, like, do you think that these movies hold up? Like, are they, are they I still? I thought Charlie Wilson's War was great. Um, I, I feel like Rambo could hold up too, because it's pretty obvious when you watch it that it's a, like a goofy action movie. But then all of a sudden you're like, wait, is this Afghanistan Mujahideen thing? Is that like real? That really happened? Like, I can imagine somebody thinking that now and in the future. And I think that's a good moment because you can then learn about it. Great. Same for Charlie Wilson's War, which I thought was a really fun, like, movie with the cat. I mean, there was some disjointed parts. And I'm bummed, and it was so fun hearing the Giuliani shout out. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I'm bummed that that uh, Bin Laden wasn't in the movie. That seemed like a miss. So the original ending was supposed to be September 11th. Yeah, like... Like, that was God, supposed to be the original ending. Literally, the like, these people that we decided to not give the schools to literally did 9-11 and we're gonna we're gonna miss like like putting a bow on that or something or at least yeah. even hinting at it like i wanted like oh like a name drop of like hey, we're working with a bunch of new mujahideen now including this bin laden fellow right like give me that but whatever yeah so apparently tom hanks was like it was a hard no for him unless they changed the ending um like that was too dark the movie. I, I think making that too explicit is 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 not would not be as good um but it felt like a it felt like a yes tom hanks said absent, too soon it's obvious what was that i said tom hanks said too soon yeah from what i understand he was he was the reason that they changed the the ending um but i actually think that they i think it was a better movie for not doing that because the thing is like it was I think a better most movie the, for not doing it that i'll at least agree with that I think that most people recognize, or at least 
at least we did. Um, so I don't know. I don't know about all people, but um, I think the kind of there is a kind of person that needs to recognize them. Yeah, I think they tried to do that with with that last scene with um, with Gust, right? Saying that he's going to like hand you know him a report saying the crazies are coming back in and whatnot. Um, yeah, and maybe there are, there's a, a group of people who just wouldn't make the connection between uh, Al Qaeda and the Mujahideen. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Maybe maybe it needs to be explicit for that, but like I think I think that I'm I am amused by a world, and I'm happy about a world where Rambo three might be the gateway for a history lesson. I, I think I you you bringing that up is making me think about it. And I think actually both would do an admirable job, right? Because both are individually good movies, just in and of themselves, and both beg questions about like you know, would you like to know more? If, if only you had all of human knowledge at your fingertips at all times. Still, I still can't believe the kite runner was in the second movie. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Um, that's probably a good call. Um, I, so the, the the so I watched this with Megan last night, and the problem she had with it, and you know, on on reflecting or with, you know, Red, listening, Red no, with uh, Charlie Wilson's War, um, okay. was uh, the rampant misogyny in that movie. Oh, sure, that's fair. Um, and the, the, I guess Tom Hanks is fine with that. Well, yeah, and so like you know, 2007 was kind of a pretty different time for for things. Um, but the writing the misogyny as the comic relief felt pretty dated and like wouldn't be okay anymore. Um, so I, I don't know that it holds up from from that side of it. Like I could see why there might be some problems with this movie. You know, and the, and the sorry, go. No, oh, I I. I, I I felt like Aaron Sorkin was writing a movie where he didn't, it honestly felt like he thought that the way his scenes in the movie, it felt like were his nods to the acceptable levels of misogyny, which again, I think you can still argue. We still had a bunch of problems, but I feel like in his mind, he was never in not displaying it. He also showed what he thought was okay. And to your point, there's a lot of that in there. That's really still not okay. (laughs) So so uh, yeah, um, yeah, you're, you're definitely right on that. Yeah, I mean, he he was pointing out the misogyny, right? Like he, they they were being like, oh, this is you know he is womanizing. He is this is misogynist behavior. You know, the you can teach him how to type, but you can't teach him how to grow tits type of a thing. And like, of course, that was probably the attitude that they had in the, you know the mid '80s in you know in yeah, it Washington. was a, it was a period piece. But that said it being presented as, you know, for a laugh is the problem. Um, you know, the the analogy that Megan had used and, and I agree with is like, if if these were all instead of like jokes about women, if these were jokes about black people played in the same kind of, like you just had racism played for humor, would we be okay with that now? Or like, would we be much harder on this movie for, you know, being, you know, problematic at this point? or, you know, toxic, or at the very least, very, very tone deaf. Great question. Did I feel that right now? No. Adam, are you hiding behind your mic? Yes, but no, nobody would have known if they weren't <laughs> watching the video, had you not said something. <laughs> you're, you're covering your, your face with microphone instead of facial hair. That's right. I've now, yeah, here we go. 
Yeah, no, I actually, uh, I was, I was watching uh, Charlie Wilson's War, and I was like, this is, this was a really weird time to uh, shave because everyone's gonna think I uh, was inspired by Gust. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, it was like looking back at myself watching this. I was like, that's, that's, that's too much. Yeah, well, I mean, what's I think I think what's cool about that though is that like these people like actually existed. Like oh, you yeah. were inspired by like Philip Seymour Hoffman, but like you go like go look up a picture of Gust Avocados. Like pretty good job. I did. Yeah, um, he does. He does look like him. Actually, yeah. I, as a matter of fact, I did. Yeah, pretty good job. Same thing with um with Charlie Wilson. Like Tom Hanks does so. a pretty pretty good job of looking like you know a reasonable facsimile of of the real Charlie, Charlie Wilson. Yeah, I, I appreciated the like the wiki research that I did after watching that movie to be like like that that made me feel like a better person. Um, like I understand more about that region than I did before. Like just straight up, and that's nice. That's a good thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would have done that watching Rambo, but I guess that's. But you know, we can get a you know. Run, run some tests on groups of uh, children in the in a decade and see which uh, inspires them more to learn about history. Well, the thing is, I think that um, there's a much better chance that they would have seen Rambo than they would have seen. Like Charlie Wilson's War feels like it got buried. Um, Rambo is kind of iconic, and like not Rambo Three is you know that might not be iconic, but Rambo That's as fair. a as a character. People, is... people know who Rambo is. Most people don't know who Charlie Wilson is. Yeah. Um, just say like, yep, yeah, and, and like you know, I look at it like, oh, of course, of course, I want to watch a movie with this cast um, in it. Like, I, I don't really care what it's about. Like, I'll, I will watch that. Um, I'm like, oh, this happened to be very, very good. Um, but I think probably more people would just like spur of the moment watch Rambo and then maybe get get pulled into the the history that way. Hopefully, um, no, I think I think it's interesting to to you know use these as gateways into to actual events historical historical fiction baby i i don't know that i would go so far as to call rambo historical fiction i think it's a master work <laughs> uh, i remember reading it in the in the in the actual wiki history and to answer your point on the sexism uh, i think aaron sorkin in general doesn't know how to write women and and generally writes them uh and is and and kind of exposes a ton of sexism in his writing of women uh, even it's more recent stuff. So like yeah. the idea that it's also back there to me, I think I just kind of more glazed over because I'm like, oh, it's Sorkin. Like to him, uh, a, a woman is just a man. Like like it's it's like he doesn't know how to uh, um, he he doesn't know how to write women. To him, a woman is 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 like it, it is it is a, a woman acting like a man is 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 like the best woman. Not not a woman acting like a woman. If that makes any sense. I thought you were just gonna go uh, as good as it gets. Quote. There. What is that? Um, like, how do you write women so well? It's like, oh, I just think of a man and then I take away reason and accountability. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I, I would not be surprised if he thought that every woman was like that, except for like the quote unquote strong women in his movies, which are literally, again, just uh, women with like his, he, he writes women like a man, like like he just puts it in a man, but he's like, oh, but a woman said this. And like, that's that's him writing women. Like he doesn't. Like Demi Moore and as uh, a few good men. Well, and, like a, uh, yeah, and you go to um, uh, uh, um, West Wing. I mean, I don't know. He... C.J. Craig was was pretty pretty well. So so this is why I think that C.J. Craig was Megan's favorite character. I wonder if she was written by him. <laughs> I question that heavily. <laughs> Just um, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, um, and that like 
Donna was was okay. Like Donna was, I think, was pretty well written. I feel like we're, now we're going into a tangent where Brian and Adam just have never seen either. Any, yeah, if you guys uh, have been watching the Sorkin, then not one bit. Well, for the last two minutes, I was trying to squeeze in the Shania Twain "Man, I Feel Like a Woman" quote. <laughs> I thought, sorry, I thought I'm Jim sorry, was Adam. about to say it any second. <laughs> I was I was actually waiting for those words to escape Jim's mouth. I was just yeah. thinking about badly written female characters. Well, you know what's that's actually what I was first doing. I was I was going to go on a complete tangent. Uh, uh, there's a sci-fi novel, Dragon's Egg, that is phenomenal in many ways, but the author has zero clue how to write women, and it is painful in that in that regard. But that's completely unrelated. I mean, it's pretty pretty common problem, um, and I, I think that Sorkin is. Sorkin has all sorts of issues on his own, right? Like he is, you know, he fired from the West Wing for all of his drug abuse. Um, and yeah, he's, he's not exactly the least flawed person or, you know, the paragon of, uh, of, of uh, purity. So, you know, makes sense that he has some, you know, troubling interpretations on, on women. Um, and, uh, you know, again, this was 2007. And I think that, playing these things for laughs was broadly acceptable. Um, you know, and it took Megan to saying like, Hey, this, I, 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 I couldn't get past this part of the movie. Like this ruined the movie for me. I was like, that, oh, that's fair that quote that you said definitely kind of, I, I remember it was like, Jesus, like you just said that. Okay. Okay. What was it? Uh, you can teach him, you can teach him to type, but you can't teach him to grow tits. Oh, right. Yes. That was, which is kind of funny because if you really think about it, it's literally the exact opposite of that. so like, the joke doesn't even make sense. But you can teach them what? What? Like t- learning how to type is a, a relatively easy thing. A, like getting plastic surgery is is effortless. It is just money. Like like oh. it's just it's even it doesn't even make sense in a misogynistic viewpoint. I don't know. Maybe plastic surgery never like, crossed my a plastic mind. surgery. What's that? Plastic surgery never crossed my mind. No, but like you know, it, it, you, that's all I'm saying. Like it, it doesn't even it's it's, it's misogynistic. That doesn't even make sense. But but maybe plastic surgery is back different back then. But like I don't know. When did fake tits start becoming a thing? I don't know. I feel like we're going down a weird rabbit hole now. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure in the I'm sure before the 80s. All right. Anyways, it it it. it I, I knew they existed when I was a kid, so they had to have existed before the 80s. <laughs> that's that's the the extent of my knowledge. I, I'm just saying Na- that I thought he was 62. It was a it was a 62. Bad... Wow. Adam did not just look that up. That is like encyclopedic knowledge of. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Googling here. Yeah. It, it, so, no one, the first rhinoplasty was. I'll tell you that too. <laughs> so uh, Google I, says it was. Yeah. It, it just hit me on two fronts. It was both. I thought kind of like, uh, like that sucked. And then, and then the second part was like, and that doesn't even make any sense. So like, it was like, wow, you, you went for a pretty big misogynistic joke. And it, in my mind, like, wasn't even logical to a degree. So anyways. I mean, in fairness, I, in the context of the movie, Charlie Wilson was a bad guy doing one good thing. Like, that was my personal takeaway. Like, this guy is not a good person, uh, but he is doing this one good thing. And you know what? Like, I think of people a lot like that, very Game of Thronesian, if you will. But yeah, I mean, like, yes, the misogyny absolutely was played for laughs. And I totally get that. And that could definitely be a like a, a movie ending buzzkill kind of thing. Uh, but at least to me, it was played for laughs as in like this, but these people are really pieces of shit. 
like that's part part of the joke. Um, I didn't get that feel. I got the feel that he I, was. I did uh, because I, I just I just told you I did. <laughs> yeah. um, let me put the, let me let me be more explicit. I didn't feel like the movie was going for that feel. I felt the movie was trying to say this is a a person with a couple flaws, but ultimately, like, are these really that important? Like, he's doing the big work, and like, we should just be focused on that. And and I'm not saying it just uh uh, uh it it felt like honestly I came away feeling like this is just generally a like if I go off the feeling of the movie. Which is what I felt like they were trying to say. He's he's a he's a good person, but he's flawed like anyone's flawed. He's an honest person at the end of the day, and 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 ultimately, yeah, he's got he likes he likes he likes having you know he likes getting laid. Uh, 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 the idea that they really portrayed any of that as as actually toxic in any meaningful way was not shown uh, uh, to me. There was no consequence of it. There was no one like oh he likes he likes being around pretty women is a very different thing than like rampant misogyny, right? Like these are, it, it was like you were, they were trying to, 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 to hide one in the other, you know? It's, it's the, it's the nobody gets hurt version of. of yes. This, right? like, yes. Which, which is I, why. I, I yeah. No, that's fair. That's, that's fair. And I mean, kind of evidence of that is that Charlie Wilson was really happy about his portrayal. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you could go for Tom Hanks. I mean, again, as uh, as you were alluding to, um, the uh, uh, Herring, the Joanne Herring, was not happy with her portrayal at all. Um, yeah, because she felt like, I, from what I understand, she felt like she came off as crazy uh, she and did. fanatic, and like, well, you know, ultra right wing person probably is. I didn't do too much research into like the actual Joanna Herring, um, but I'm curious as to like if if that fits. No, no, it was it was it was not. It was it was complicated but unflattering, I would say. Yeah, Julia Roberts also looked like her. By the way, I, I quickly yeah. after you were talking about the casting and the uh, kind of the the way they captured the uh, real people. Uh, yeah, she really they they nailed that. Uh, you know, hair, makeup, the whole deal. It's pretty impressive. The the Julia Roberts applying mascara and putting a pin. Like That's a Tommy pin neck was terrifying. I was like, man, is this real? This is, this is what you do? Like, is this how this works? I'm glad you reminded me of that because I instantly, <laughs> instantly purged it from my mind because that was horrifying. Oh my yeah. god. Um, apparently that oh. was that was a way that you used to have to do it before the formulas changed and now they're better. So you don't have to you don't have to separate your lashes now. Um, but that, yeah, it was terrifying. I'm in awe. Um yeah, so I mean I think I think that's it for, for things that I had to, you know, to talk about. Um, anything that we didn't hit on that stood out for you guys? Or? That guy, was that, oh, I forget that, the, the old senator or whatever that visited the Mujahideen camp with them. And then like he gave his like speech or whatever. Man, that was like spooky, scary stuff. Like, yeah, that scene terrified me. Yeah, the, um, the Tom Hanks... Um, saying like i think what gust is worried about is at some point god is going to be on both sides yeah. um yeah like they, they did they, they hinted at the broader context of you know and, and, and what riling, the retrospective and what riling up these kinds of things like yeah yeah I, um, I guess this was very clear at that time but it is funny to see a bunch of right-wing christians team up with a bunch of right-wing muslims right like like what is the only enemy that will garner support from both of them. Apparently it's just communism. Like that's the only thing. Um, uh, right. Um, 
nothing secularization unites, is nothing the only thing unite, that they can agree on nothing unites the right like the left <laughs> <laughs> it's it's them lib tears man it's um that's what happened here so i, I honestly yeah. when i looked at it in context of of like our country it's just there's there's just a shocking overall overlap and feel to it right of of you know just how how far the religious right will will go to to fight the idea that that they can't control everything that maybe there should be some non-religious like secularized uh control in a country um you know i there was some stuff on wikipedia talking about how like the mujahideen was like this democratic party of afghanistan was going to take away all rights of their religion like it's just i i see the propaganda and i'm like oh it's it's all the propaganda we hear all the time um so i mean in fairness communism does at least you know in like authoritative or authoritarian communism they do tend to take away religion but this wasn't like, that I does mean, ha- that does happen yeah there were no there neither side was the good guys in afghanistan yeah. Well, I, I, I personally, I mean, I briefly read up on it, so I could be missing the point. But the the government that the Soviets were supporting was was like Marxist Leninist, and they were pushing for a secularized state with women's <laughs> rights and and welfare reform and massive boost of education because there was a ninety percent illiteracy rate in Afghanistan at that time. So, like the idea that we're going to compare that to the hardcore right in the urban, uh, uh, um, you know, suburban areas and and country areas and say you know both sides it in my mind is um now now russia getting involved um with america on the other side complicates all of it and maybe in a different scenario where where america wasn't so you know if we weren't in the cold war with russia and russia you know maybe maybe we would have fought for that side um but one way or the other it was ultimately a civil war that was happening that turned into this like occupation because the like the government was propped up by russia right like that's that's how it kept going yeah like they kept them in power that's how it left yeah that's how the problem left its own borders and became a broader like right it probably would have collapsed from what i read if russia didn't jump in and then exactly and then we're like well we don't like russia so now we got to jump in and I, i guess it doesn't really matter that government in Afghanistan that Russia supporting may have ultimately been a much better government. Uh, uh, you're, you're on the side of Russia. So sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely this idea that, you know, at least from just the, the citizenry of the United States, like I'm pro spreading democracy, right? Like I'm, I am pro intervention when we can like further the cause of democracy, regardless of where that is or, or what they decide. Um, you know, like I think we should have helped uh, when uh, Iran in 2000 and like the Arab Spring in Iran. Um, like I think we should have done more there. Um, but yeah, it kind of calls into question like what ideals are we fighting for? And it's it's very much the what is in the absolute best interest of the United States yeah. and not not allowing the spread of the Soviet Union to, you know, to happen was what they decided was in the, the best interest of the United States. Oh, I think the, the the Charlie Wilson choice was the correct choice for the continuation of American power. Definitely, it was a very smart choice. Yeah, there was there was nothing altruistic about it. No, of course not. Um, I and and as the point was made in the movie, quite plainly, that it was an unfortunate choice to not do anything afterwards. 
Um, I yeah. think both of I personally, I think I'm aligned with you on that one, Will. At least I think both of those things are true. I think that even though it led to death and pain, I think it was the right choice to go in, but it was the wrong choice to not help more afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm that yeah, I, I um, would have liked to have seen a an idea where the U.S. government looked to support the leftist government and convince them of American values over Russian values. Like before the occupation. Yes. Like, hey. Russia Absolutely. don't step in. Why don't we prop you up? Um, but but you know this whole communism thing is a little too far. Like that's well, a road too far. Go well, go go well, like do welfare redistribution, but don't don't go hard hard communism. Uh, stay stay on our side of of the ring and support us. Well, we're in yeah. luck because we get to see a version of that in our lifetimes between the West and the uh, uh, China um, as we're competing over influence over the various other countries in the world so that will we'll get to see our own version of that that'll be different than, than the old cold, cold war it's a it's a, yeah it, it's it'll it, that'll be an interesting one right because it's very different um it's very different yeah where it's just you know trying to be like hey africa we'll give you all the money you want for roads if you give us all your mining rights and they're like cool infrastructure and, sounds and, good and and, and, and we get to pocket it. in the un yeah um yeah that, that'll be an interesting one to to see play out um yeah because i i agree with what what i see as the perspective you're putting forward jim of giving a better alternative like hey you should be with us look at all these great things we'll do for you as opposed to hey you looks like you're siding with our enemies it's time to over topple your government <laughs> with whoever's there we don't care how how, how nuts they are like yeah they're like, gonna get a whole lot of support now I don't yeah, know where these like, tanks are showing up for. Whoa, where are all these tanks come from? I don't know where these guys got all these tanks. By, by contrast, our actions in, in Iran during the Cold War period, not as not not a set of choices that I think were sound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go look at Jim if you wanna if you wanna be mad, go look up why Iran hates us. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, uh, spo- spoiler alert, because they deserve to. We can um, we can go watch Argo as our next our next um, uh, U.S. Um, uh, imperialism. I remember uh, I I did see Argo. I, I kind of liked it. I don't remember any politics from it. Like I, I felt like I didn't have any no, idea there, was, there wasn't what was much. happening or why. Yeah, it was just like there's some hostages somewhere. I'm like, all right, great, fine, whatever. We're, yeah. we're just gonna go rescue them. Ben Affleck was good enough. Yeah, like. The, have you ever seen the, the the chart that shows that um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon can never have a good career at the same time? No, but that makes sense. <laughs> that if one of them's doing well, the other one is just in bomb after bomb. <laughs> Wait, when when has Matt Damon been in bomb after bomb? Has that happened? Yeah, like uh, Elysium was terrible. Like that, that got released right around when Argo. Uh, Didn't he do out. a movie with a farm? A uh, zoo? I bought, I bought a farm. Yeah. I think, or we bought a farm, zoo. something like that. We bought a zoo. We bought a zoo. Yeah, some, I think some Colleen sort of watched that. Um, Colleen would watch. Yeah, it was just somebody pulling like the 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 Rotten Tomato scores on their movies, and like they're <laughs> they're they're just over the overlap is hilarious because it's just like inverse. Right, like Matt Damon's doing Born Identity, and Ben Affleck's doing like Geely. Exa- like, yeah, oh exactly. God. Yeah, they they can never have a good career at the same time. <laughs> they they're both in um in Goodwill Hunting and peaking there and then just diverge immediately they're also both in dogma dogma was yeah no 
Kevin Smith right. movies do not hold up. I don't know if I like most Kevin Smith movies. I feel like I still have a place for Dogma in my heart. I feel like the unfortunately you can't find old atheist in me loved Dogma because it was like ah, dunking on religious people, sticking um, it to the religious people. Yeah, but like as, but that movie is not that good. Does, that, does, does that get old? But as a thirty-year-old atheist, <laughs> yeah, I want a little more nuanced take. <laughs> um, you yeah, want your, it, it you was, want your dunks a little bit more. Yeah, nuanced. look at this person; they have faith. It's like, oh god damn it! Can we be a little bit more imaginative? Like that's it. All right. I mean, Dogma's probably one of the better of the the Kevin Smith movies. I mean, that's my take. Nobody has to agree. It's fair. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So let's wrap this up. Um, yeah. Thanks for thanks for watching <laughs> the trailer. Yeah. Thanks for watching the trailer, Brian. Um, thanks for thanks for entertaining the very very loose connection between these two movies um, and trying to give it some thoughtful uh, discussion, which I appreciate. Um, but I think that there is, you know. Some uh, some some interesting parallels between um, a moderately serious take on on history and um, you know the man that we all wish we could be Charlie Wilson. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean clearly Gus Avocados, right? Like that's the man. I, I can go uh, topple the you know kind of the Greek government and then go topple the the Soviets in Afghanistan. Like that's obvious. clearly the hero is is Gus. So yeah, you want to wrap this up, Jim? Yeah, uh, I had a good time. Um, well, thanks for uh, doing all the moderating and putting this whole thing together. I look forward to more of these uh, dual movie with a loose theme type together uh, things. So uh, look forward to the next one. I had a lot of fun. And uh, thanks everyone for, for joining. Have a, have a good night. Good night. Good night.